Well, have we got news for you this morning? Inflation surprised on the upside in the United States. The Bank of Canada lifted rates by 100 basis points, while expectations have risen that, given those recession numbers, the Fed in a couple of weeks will do exactly the same. Meanwhile, that yield curve inversion is getting deeper as recession fears grow higher. It's Thursday, the 14th of July, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, you might have expected bigger moves in bonds, perhaps, given the rise in inflation in the, in the United States. But there was a six basis point fall in 10-year treasuries with a 10 basis point rise in two years. So I guess that is fairly chunky when you look at the gap between the two. Only small moves in European bond markets, though. The US dollar fairly steady, just above 108 on the DXY. I had a minor fall today. The Aussie dollar marginally up. It uh, lost the gains it did make earlier. The euro is up a quarter percent, 0.4 percent for the Canadian dollar. Equities are well, confused in the United States. Up, then down, then up again, and then closed down. The Dow 0.7% down, a third of 1% off the S&P 500. The Nasdaq was edging towards half a percent up, even with that uh, inflation figure picking up so much, but it closed down 0.1%. In Europe, well, investors have been listening to Gavin yesterday because they are uh, particularly pessimistic. We've got a 1.2% drop in the DAX, 1% off the Eurostox 50, three quarters of 1% off the FTSE 100 and the CAC Caron. And oil, while it's had a bumpy ride, it was up for most of the overnight session, but a 0.7% rise in WTI has fallen away completely. Brent was up a quarter percent or more. Now it's a third of 1% down, still well below $100. And it's back to London again today. NAB's David DeGarris joins us. Look, high temperatures, Sydney humidity you've got there, Dave, and uh, possibly a record 40 degrees centigrade by the uh, start of next week. So uh, you've got everything uh, going on there. But, you know, we... And we shouldn't forget about climate change because you've got it. But instead, let's focus on uh, short term for now and U.S. inflation Mm. from 8.6% year on year in May up to 9.1% in June, well above expectations. It was It's the highest uh, in more than 40 years. That's all. And let's look at it. Uh, Food at home up 10.4%. Energy up 41.6%. Airfares up 34%. New vehicles 11.4% up. I mean, you would have expected with, with all that, that there would have been sharper moves, particularly in the US dollar, but it's hardly moved at all. I think, Phil, uh, and uh, good morning to you, I think what's happened there is, you know, when the, the number hit the screens, we saw exactly the sort of reaction we would have expected had we known the numbers. In other words, mm. short-term bond yields just jumped, jagged immediately higher by, by about 15 points for the two-year Treasury Uh, And the euro immediately tested below parity. It was trading at about uh, 1.0070, if I've got my zeros and decimal points lined up. It was very, very close. But the market, you know, when you look back over the past six weeks, the market has been accumulating longer and longer US dollar positions, hasn't it? And, And that number would have had a lot of... Uh, inbuilt protection from uh, from some people who are trying to protect the figure. So almost as quickly uh, it bounced, and then over the course of the afternoon, we did see the market pair those rises in short-term yields somewhat, not not totally and not mm. mostly, but somewhat. And, of course, uh, that was a reason, uh, and the euro sort of back to where we were before the CPI figure. So 
I think that's a, probably an adequate explanation of uh, what's happening on currencies and rates today. Yeah, well, uh, if we look at the uh, bond yields, if we look at the yield curve, I mean, that has inverted even more because it's been inverted for a few days now, but it's really stepped up quite a bit today, hasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. So is that being taken then as a sign that recession is on the way? Because obviously this is normally quite a big indicator of uh, forthcoming recession. Well, that, this this is the, the $64,000 question, isn't it, Phil? Is the Fed going to blink from here? Because... What we're seeing in things like the Fed Beige Book today, which is, you know, their um, reporting from business contacts formalised in that document that the Fed releases, are uh, in, in signs from uh, two Fed speakers after the CPI report, you know, talking about uh, recession risks having risen. We know that that's been spoken about a lot in the equity market in the lead-up to the earnings season. But we do have inflation that is still... Rampant, and even the Fed book, uh, Fed Beige book, talked about pricing power across, you know, the, the all levels of consumption. So, and uh, of course, there's a lot of political pressure on Powell, isn't there, to deliver on getting inflation down. So, I would say at some point they will blink, and uh, we'll be prepared to look through inflation. But I think we're some ways from that right now and arguably you know the fed is still not in in restrictive rates territory at this point well five districts in that beige book said there was an increased risk of inflation mm. and one of those speakers that you're talking about even though he's not a voter this uh, this year uh rafael bostic said everything is in mm. play after those numbers yes. and after that i mean they he said that about the, time, the same time the beige book came out uh, that's that's when we started to see a bit of a move down in equity markets but then they uh uh, the, the, the Nasdaq, uh, which was in positive territory, went down as he, as he spoke. But then, it, as you say, everything sort of bounced back up again later in the well, session. Well, maybe the market's got a lot of negative news already priced into um, into equities right now. Maybe that's you know, it's not an entirely satisfactory explanation. But you know, the, what I took, what um, you know, uh, Thomas Barkin was using word, you know, resolute action from the Fed, uh, even though he talked about softer activity and so forth. And Bostic, as you said, pretty strong words. So there's no sign from those two FOMC members. And they're not not the most hawkish, are they, all the time? But when you're talking about the softening, because there were signs of that, when even in the Beige Book, there, were, mm. there was uh, you mm. know increased labour availability, falling demand yes. for workers. So you've got a weakening labour market. If the, if the labour yes. market does weaken and wages come down, then that's going to hit demand, of course, uh, which the Fed, to an extent, would like to see. Uh, but that's not going to be very good for valuations for shares, particularly discretionary items. Maybe staples well, are okay. But, yes, uh, and, and the question is, do they still have pricing power at this point? And the Fed Beige Book suggests that they do. Now, let's see what, what companies report in the next couple of weeks on that, you know, whether that matches what that Beige Book is, is suggesting. But you're right, certainly there are signs of softer demand, but even in some sectors like manufacturing and construction, and talking about shortages of labour and shortages of components and so forth. So it, it's not a clear picture at all, is it? No, it's not. And it's a risk then, isn't it? Pushing ahead with, uh, you know, of rapidly rising rates into a of softening market. Is. Yeah, of course anyway, it is. So we get the Michigan inflation expectations on Friday. That's going to be interesting, uh, particularly if uh, you know, it will be. 
the pressure that places on uh, wage demands, of course. Because I wonder, I wonder whether that might pop up again, Phil, <laughs> like last time, only to be revised lower again. But yeah, um, it, well, it just shows that it figures all over the place. Hard to make sense of it right now. Uh, except it's a confusing picture. We can make we can draw that conclusion. The Bank of Canada, seventy-five basis points are expected, but they went the full one hundred. The full hogger. It's the it's the, the hundred is the new seventy-five, isn't it? But again, no big market moves. Almost as though people were expect half expecting it. Yes, I think uh, the market's sort of sitting back and wondering now, as you say, what is the new twenty-five? Well, I'd say you know three months ago we thought it was fifty, <laughs> uh, and that that became seventy-five. Is it the new hundred now? And that will depend upon what level rates are starting from, mm. of course. But um, I mean, there was that speculation as to, you know, there were people openly talking about it in the market, you know, with the Fed. Why not just, they're going to push rates up 100 points within a couple of months. Why not just push them Good up 100 man. points straight away, right? Yeah. So, uh, and um, uh, I think, you know, when, when Bostick's saying today, Phil, that everything on the table, I mean, you don't have to be a, even, even you and I can work out what he means by that. Yeah. So 100 is definitely in play. Indeed, the market is... Uh, pricing in now. I just look at the pricing before the market's priced in 91 basis points at the next Fed meeting on the 27th. Well, uh, that's up. That's up 17 points from from pre CPI levels. Well, let's hope it works. So Tiff Macklin from the Bank of Canada was saying, "Look, if we front load like mm. this, then we will avoid mm. higher rates later. Front loading tends to lead to softer landings." Well, we have to hope he's right on that, don't we? And, we uh, do, we do. I mean, the, but uh, these things don't always end well, do they? But let's let's see how determined they are to get inflation down and how much mm. pain on the economy are they prepared to inflict. There has to be some slowdown in the economy to, to cool inflation. And yeah. the signs in today's CPI report for the US was that, okay, we can say that, you know, lower oil prices will pull back uh, gasoline prices uh, next month. But what about the labour costs and the pricing power and the evidence there in service sector inflation? That's yeah. the real concern. They've upped their inflation forecast as well. Of course, they said they'd got uh, they'd, they'd, they've got them they'd got them wrong for the last year. I don't know what they mean by that. It was a, a macro in their spreadsheet wrong, or <laughs> I don't know. Coefic- a- coefficient needs adjusting. I think <laughs> bit of a worry, isn't it? With the intercept coefficient or something. Anyway, now look, it makes uh, the RBNZ look like wusses, doesn't it? Just 50, <laughs> just fifty basis points. What's wrong with you? Up to two and a half percent. So, uh, the, but the expect you know another hundred basis points, isn't it? Don't they by the end of, by the end of this year? <laughs> Yes, you would just wonder whether um, had the RBNZ been tomorrow, uh, today, (laughs) rather than yesterday, would it have been a different result? Probably not, I think. But it wasn't their major quarterly review. They didn't wheel out new rate forecasts or inflation forecasts. So it's a lot of words suggesting that the the previous monetary policy, you know, quarterly statement, that rate track was still still in play, but you just don't know whether it might have been different yeah, had it been yeah. 24 hours onward. May well be, because it seems like everyone is cajoling everyone else along, doesn't it? Look, at the house prices in uh, in New Zealand might not be changing a great deal. I, I saw from the Real Estate Institute that it's taking mm. a lot longer to sell houses now. So from yes. 13,861 houses for sale in July, it's doubled to 25,271 in, uh, in uh, the, the following month. I think it might be mm. June and July. Sorry about that. I got that wrong. Uh, but you right. know what I'm saying. In a month, we know what you mean. We know in what a month, mean. they've doubled. That's all we need to know. And, and, and a lot of them are the same <laughs> houses. So, uh, yes. so because people... 
don't want to buy them because the mortgage is too expensive. That makes great yes, sense. I don't think there's any any doubt about that because you had rates going up at the same time as they introduced this new uh, credit act, what, last October, and both those things seem yeah. to have hit the housing market pretty uh, materially, uh, that and that's showing up in prices and those other metrics that you mentioned. It could be worse, of course. We could be in Ghana, where the inflation numbers today thirty percent year on the year. They've uh, they've lifted their rates by five hundred. I shouldn't laugh because I mean it's catastrophic for these nations, isn't it? Uh, lifted it is. rates by five hundred and fifty basis points well, since November. That's how bad you know, it can just, be. Just, you're just watching some uh, some vision on, on news on Sri Lanka today, and what can yeah. happen when these things really get well, out of hand? See, when you're talking are, about shortages more. and so forth. We're going to see more it's, of that. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's not good at all, is it? Now, uh, not talking about developing countries, let's talk about undeveloping countries uh, like Europe, for example. We're a week away mm. from the ECB. The euro fell, as you said, below parity very briefly. Uh, so, um, yeah, so what – and the danger is, of course, you know, if they don't – as Gavin was saying yesterday, if they don't come to some sort of uh, solution with this new fragmentation tool – uh, what's going to happen in Southern Europe, which with all the debt that's being carried out there, it may be too late mm, for Mario mm. Draghi because it looks like his coalition government, it looks like the Five Star Movement might leave that coalition and go and join the uh, opposition. Is it, there's a real chance we could see a change of government happening, you know, just like well, we have in the UK, but much faster happening in Italy. <laughs> well, it's got anything that's going to be faster than changing <laughs> change that's happening with replacing Boris. I mean, that's the it's like it's the death take, scene for Camille. Forever, isn't it? It it's is taking yeah. forever. I mean, by, by Australian standards, you're going to a room and they elect a new leader and you don't come out until you do it. Yeah, but, until, you see, uh, puff, you, until said, you see the puff of smoke coming out the top. Yeah. Lo- lo- lots of, uh, you know, uh, the head of the Five Star Movement, uh, Senor Conti, saying to uh, that, you know, if, uh, if he wasn't getting his way, then, you know, he might have to think about withdrawing his support from this uh, household support bill that's going through the parliament. And uh, Draghi says, well... Uh, I'll, I'll see you and I'll raise you once. And uh, there is no there is no government without your support in the government. There'll be early elections. And, of course, Five Star not doing well in the polls, apparently. So I right. think the market's seeing that as, as, as more, you know, political gesturing. But you just yeah. never know. And it's happening exactly, as you said, with the ECB meeting next week and mm. fragmentation on the on the. Uh, front of mind for uh, for markets and the uh, the central bank right now. So those uh, UK GDP numbers looked encouraging, didn't they, uh, yesterday? But I mean, I guess we shouldn't get too excited about it because a, a big chunk of it was going to the doctor. A lot of it was health related. If we look at the retail <laughs> and entertainment, they were mm. actually well down last month. Yes, yes, it was a mixed bag, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, unders and overs there. So yeah. I uh, did get a bit of a kick from uh, manufacturing and construction in the month, but as you said, services are still bumping along the bottom, even with that kick from more doctor's visits and so forth. So hardly a glowing endorsement with more head, you know, headwinds to come there. But um, let's see what happens after a new prime minister is installed. Well, of course, that's not that. happening, happening until September, right? Well, I mean, bit by bit, they've whittled it down from eight now down to six. So yes. next next it's the swimsuit round uh, and then the uh, the, t- the talent round as well, where they all yes. get to see. And when do the interviews, the, the yeah, interview then the, round? The, that, that's right. The uh, it's a bit, It is a bit like the Hunger Games, isn't it, really? So uh, I don't know, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence could be the next Prime Minister of Britain on that basis. Uh, look, today, Australian employment numbers. We could see the very low unemployment rate of 3.9% fall even further, couldn't we? But I wonder, is, it's interesting, isn't it, whether, uh, I mean, we could actually see job growth slow without, 
easing tightness in the labour market if we see people just retiring early, which we obviously are seeing around the world. It's the so we have to these days have to keep a, a close eye on that participation rate as well. Don't Indeed. We? Indeed. Uh, so that's going to be the key. But, I mean, recent job vacancies numbers from uh, from the ABS, separate from the ABS and the likes of the NAB business survey suggest that labour demand is still pretty strong, doesn't it? Mm. But if you if your uh, uh, hypothesis there about labour supply pulling back, then, of course, that's just as important to, um, you know, the wages and, and the inflation story, isn't it? And... Um, that feeding through and becoming a concern for the Reserve Bank. So, uh, indeed, it's an important set of numbers, but they are one month, so we have to be a little bit careful yeah. of that. Yeah. I did notice that uh, Seek saying that they had the first decline in job advertising in June, but after an almost after you know five months of rises, so. You know, maybe it's a bit of a little bit, little bit of payback there, but um, can't go on forever. Yeah, but again, yeah. just one month, isn't it? And look, if that's one month, we get the, of course, we get one week of uh, job, job numbers in or jobless numbers, the jobless claims for the US yes. t- today. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on those and the uh, PPI numbers for June: zero point eight percent month on month last time, ten point eight percent year on year. Gee, it'd be nice to see those numbers fall a little bit, wouldn't it? That might calm the markets down a little bit, perhaps. It will calm some of it down, won't it? Because you're expecting some relief in dealer margins for you know autos and so forth. But what about all that service industry? You know where labour costs are becoming so prominent now. So yeah, yeah. It's the goods though, isn't it? It's the goods that have been the high numbers. So uh, it has been, but now it's now it's bleeding through into uh, broader broader measures, and it's showing up in some of these alternative measures of CPI as well. So much going on. Uh, thank you for helping us get across it all. A bit of a manic morning, wasn't it? But uh, we'll catch you again soon, Dave. Thank goodness you're Will there do, to, to keep us on the straight and narrow. Thanks. David DeGarris in London. And that is the morning call for this Thursday morning. Back for the last one of the week tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.